Welcome to part seven of Five Days in June from Tokyo Jazz Joints. So we gave up in the end on the food, didn't we? Um, and decided just to push through the hunger because、uh, we were heading for a place called Kurume,、uh, where we knew of two places、uh, that were definitely open, or at least we thought were open.、Uh, and I think on the way to Kurume, we stumbled on this great、uh, pizza place, didn't we? Just like a roadside pizza joint, where we went in and they had the、uh, fantastic novelty of、uh, being able to draw with crayons on your.、Uh, On the tablecloth, which、uh, yes. you know, I have to say, I enjoyed. I very much enjoyed because I didn't expect that we would be getting. I knew what that paper was for because I have kids and I've seen it many times. So I just assumed that was for families who come in. But sure enough, the waitress brings us the basket of crayons, and I mean,、yeah, I don't think we hesitated about two seconds before grabbing them and、uh, and getting to work. And uh, uh, yes, uh, obviously, you know. Listeners, please stand by for our social media page. You will see some evidence of the drawings that went on.、Um, but yeah, a great little spot for pizza. We kind of felt a little energized after that, and then drove into Kurume City, which I guess compared to Saga, anything would seem a little more lively.、Um, Kurume is not by any means a large place, but it's, it's actually a much older city.、Um, you could kind of feel it. And we pull up.、Uh, you park the car, and just around the corner, we come to a. I guess a, a real standard neighborhood cafe that happens to play jazz. I loved it immediately because the sign outside. You know how much I love my signs, and always spend a lot of time looking at them. What Eight Modern has got has got three of three just classics, three classic signs. Three, and, yeah, and you, the, and you got them all.、Um, I don't understand. The one that's hanging, the the key coffee one. Well, you always see key coffee as the old time sponsor with the shop name underneath, so that's a standard. Then you've got the the cutout saxophone, which says Jazz Eight Modern in Japanese katakana script and coffee. That alone is a classic.、Um, but then on the other on the other corner, you've got this sort of hanging one, which doesn't really make a lot of sense. Is that supposed to be a music note or is it like a, a I think it's a, I think it's a music note, but they realized maybe. <laughs> they couldn't get all those words in <laughs> to a properly proportioned、uh, sign、yeah. or note, rather. So、um, mm. they kind of had to maybe improvise. But yeah, it's definitely the least impressive of the three. The, the saxophone one is just enormous Ooh, and、yes. uh, gorgeous, gorgeous sign. Like yeah, yeah, loved it. And then when you walk in,、um, this was <laughs> well, this was one of those places、uh, again with the random decor.、Um, look at the,、um, the 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 base. That's just nestled up there on a shelf in between the speakers. I don't know how safe that is in a land with earthquakes, unless he's got that sort of screwed in, you know. Because if you wouldn't want a, a base like that falling on you, but、um, a real small, very local place. Remember, there was a guy in there talking with the owner, and they were.、Um, Uh, they were watching TV when we walked in. Actually, yeah,、uh, this was a great little place. I mean, it'd been a quite frustrating、uh, couple of hours, as we said, and so to arrive here and and just this very chilled, very relaxed, gorgeous little neighborhood cafe、uh, to get a coffee in uh, uh, and just have a, a chat with him, and it was all very relaxed and and.、Uh, Just another of the many amazing places that we've been to.、Uh, I love this 
that just the confidence this guy's projecting in that portrait as well. Beautiful, I just think it's fab, beautiful you know? pose. Yeah, look at that. I mean, he, what a face on him. Um, you can see he's obviously doing a lot of cooking there um, with all of the, he's got the soy sauce and Tabasco and the salt. Um, yeah, just a great spot. I, I love the fact that he's got the, the, the clock in the background um, next to the window that uh, obviously doesn't work. Um, but he's also got very randomly uh, some American sports posters, one of which is upside down, uh, which doesn't make a lot of sense either. But clearly somebody had been to L.A., obviously, you know, him or, or a family friend, because that's the L.A. Rams football uh, logo. And then the L.A., the California Angels who play in Anaheim. Uh, so somebody would have brought him back that as, you know, souvenirs. And so he just popped them up there. One is upside down. Uh, yeah, just those little details. And, of course, he's got tons of records. I mean, and you couldn't see the records right away. Do you remember that they were in the opposite side of the room? That's right. Yeah, yeah. One particular photo you took here, I can't quite make out the the three singers. What is the text next to that? I think it says gospel on it. Was it spirituals and gospel? Is that it? Oh, the picture there, yeah. Uh, that's a good shout, yeah. Spirituals and Gospels looks about right, yeah. I wonder if, if these kinds of things you see here, like this picture and then the, you know, the L.A. Rams sticker, you know, did he take a trip to the U.S.? We didn't really have much time to talk with him, but he wasn't fussed at all when we told him about what we were doing. He kind of took it in stride. You remember, like, some of them are just, like, in kind of shock. And he was just kind of like, okay, do you want a coffee? Do you want a beer? <laughs> you know, do you want some yeah, snacks? Yeah, yeah. Um, just a real chilled out dude. You can you can see how he'll just sit there all day um, right at the corner of a fairly busy neighborhood. And, and his regulars will come in for their coffee with their newspaper and just kind of hang out. And uh, yeah. I, I love that kind of spot. It does say spirituals and gospels as well. So mm. interesting little... Uh, little painting to have up on the wall clearly obviously done by maybe a friend or patron or something like that but um yeah gorgeous little spot uh, and long may it continue we left eight modern uh, at this point it was about five o'clock so it'd been already a fairly long day uh, and then of course we were headed for cold train cold train now we've mentioned cold train cold train um on a previous episode and actually we're going to talk about it in day five because when we got there despite having called ahead uh, i know you'd spoken with the owner and figured out the opening hours and all uh, and we were expecting it to be open on the Monday but when we got there of course uh, we found the opposite didn't we yeah I mean they answered and um, I could tell right away that the, the guy sounded pretty old and I explained you know oh we just drove a long way we're kind of you know can we just come in for a little bit and, and he was very apologetic but he just said no I'm really sorry we can't open today you'll have yeah. to come back tomorrow and I remember thinking like, gosh, you know, because, you know, we weren't, again, we didn't know all the distances. And it was like, well, where is this little town outside Fukuoka? Are we like, are we still two hours away? Are we 10 miles away? It was kind of hard to tell. And so I, I remember thinking that, you know, getting a sense of real disappointment because that was going to be, that was one of the uh, main targets. But, um, but it's actually in, in a place called Tosu, which I'm sure no one listening, probably unless you're familiar with the area, has ever heard of. But just looking on the map and knowing what we had ahead of us the following day, mm. you know, we wanted to avoid having to come back that far away from Fukuoka on the sort of west side of Kyushu uh, because we were heading over to the other coastline. And uh, we had a fairly 
packed day already planned and the last thing we wanted was to have to put more pressure on it by trying to get back to Coltrane, Coltrane. But I think it's safe to say, James, based on the exterior alone, uh, we did not want to miss it because, of course, it's that huge, enormous uh, green painting of Coltrane um, on the on the gable wall of the house, uh, which you can see like right across all the neighbourhood mm. and just a stunning looking place from the outside. So we could only imagine what riches lay inside. So we did kind of determine, didn't we, in the end to come back the following day, which we'll talk about on day five. That's right. I mean, I think we'd, we would give up two or three places to make sure we got back there for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, so we got back in the car, we drove into Fukuoka City and finally back in somewhat civilization. Fukuoka is an absolutely wonderful city. A um, couple million, maybe about two million people. Uh, we find the hotel and uh, Fukuoka is just it's such a, a lovely town to walk in. Um, there's a lot of like water, there's canals and rivers everywhere, and then you can go along the coast as well. And the downtown central area of Tenjin and Hakata is just packed with places to drink and eat. It felt like a real uh, return to something familiar, didn't it? After yeah. these kind of smaller regional places we were in and then the countryside. And so we headed out to um, probably the most famous, I think it's the most famous jazz bar in Fukuoka, a place called Brownie. And um, although the sign says since 1983, uh, at the current location, it, it, it's a, a lot more recent. It's been there since 2008, uh, 2005. Um, but the owner, Nakatomi-san, is um, very well known. And, it, you know, this is one thing that always interests me. So we saw, we talked about this in, uh, at Bird 56 in Osaka. Yeah, I'd never been to Fukuoka before, so I was mm -hmm. really excited to be there. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, I've heard a lot of people talking about it kind of as an, as an alternative to Tokyo. It seems to be increasingly, certainly when I was still there, like a popular place to go live. It seems yeah, to have everything yeah. that you want from somewhere like Tokyo, but, you know, you're on that coast. It's a bit more chilled out, a bit well, more you know, relaxed. it's interesting because so. it's, it's also a very progressive city, um, especially by Japanese standards. Um, they were one of the first cities to offer, like, you know, public Wi-Fi. Um, their city government is very focused on the sort of port entryway to Asia angle. So they encourage a lot of foreign businesses. Um, they're trying to make it more of an international type of city compared to Tokyo, which can be a little bit insular. And so it, it's got that feel of, of uh, it's very much got that sort of cosmopolitan feel. A lot of it's tourists so close as to well. Korea as well, particularly, isn't it? Like it's 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 oh, just a stone's throw yeah, across the it's, it's closer there to Korea Busan. than it is to to Tokyo by far. Yeah. So um, yeah. and you know it's a short flight to you know Shanghai to Hong Kong. So it's a great town. I've always really loved it, and and totally understand why people would would want to go there. Um, so you know we went over to to Brownie, which is probably the most famous jazz bar. Um, in Fukuoka, you got a nice picture of the sign in front. It says since 1983, sixth floor. Um, at this particular location, it's only been since 2005. They had to move uh, from the original one. Uh, but Brownie is is absolutely a, a lovely space. And the owner, Nakatomi-san, is a real character. And it's funny because uh, on his website, he has in Japanese, it says uh, open every day of the year, Nenjumuku. Uh, but 
so you would think, oh, okay, he's a bit like the guy that we saw in Osaka in Bird 56, you know, Hattori-san, mm-hmm. who's, who never basically leaves the bar. But Nakatomi-san, pretty well-known guy in the jazz scene. He does a lot of promoting and even producing records, so he goes to Tokyo quite often. I would imagine that he has um, some, you know, part-timer or, you know, maybe a family member come in to run the place. But he was maybe one of the most jovial guys I think we've met on our whole trip. And your your photo really captured that. I mean, he smiled and laughed and, and made jokes with us right from the start. And he was stunned when we told him how many places we had been to. I mean, he was absolutely like, you've been to, wait, what? And we had to repeat it to him again. Because he knows a lot of the famous jazz Kisaten people that we know. You know, we as we've learned over the project, a lot of these people know each other especially when they were in Tokyo for college or business or whatever, or doing things like promoting events. So we were dropping names of, of cafe and bar owners, and he would say, oh, yeah, I know him. He's my very good friend. Whenever I go to Tokyo, I hang out and drink with him. And, uh, you know, everything about Nakatomi-san, his hat, his glasses, his shirt, his smile, and the Wayne Shorter record, that's that's one of my all-time favorite pictures um, th- from this project, Philip. Yeah, I have to confess, I had completely forgotten about this picture, and it was only when I... Uh, got around to finally editing, which just shows you how either how lazy I am or how many pictures there are. Um, but when I finally got around to to editing these photos from the trip uh, for this series of, of uh, episodes, I just I have this as my uh, desktop uh, background picture at the moment because I just <laughs> think, how do you look at that picture and not just feel happy and want to smile and, and laugh and the fact that it's sort of contrasted with speak no evil mm. um is just I, I mean i just i'm so delighted with that picture i just <laughs> yeah. think it's the most beautiful. i know i know it's just great the records you've got the booze there and that that be- look at that tint of blue on that obviously original copy of speak no evil um yeah yeah it's it's just perfect i, I thought everything about brownie was perfect that the, the picture in the corner of Lee Morgan um, that he's got that sort of like odd shaped lamp in front of which gives it that little glow um, the way the Heineken sign is outside which which gives it that very American bar kind of feel and that window you can't quite see it but there are little seats out there on a balcony that you can sit in Fukuoka very mild climate obviously so you could probably sit out there most of the year and um, yeah, you know, to me, brownie is is sort of the the shape and the vibe of bar that I would want if I opened my own place because I could so imagine myself sitting where he was sitting, just putting on record after record, you know, night just after be, night. It's like being in your living room with a very well stocked bar. Yeah, I mean, yes. and and apart from Mingus Coffee that we mentioned up in Sapporo, which obviously you can only use maybe at certain times of the year, uh, like you say, this is probably one of the very few, if, if only places that have like a balcony space where you could actually sit outdoors. That's right. Um, so it, it's pretty, um, it's pretty incredible place, this one. And again, you know, just tucked away on that sixth floor. And if you didn't know what you were looking for, you know, the only thing that would indicate it would be the jazz bar brownie. And, mm. and you wouldn't necessarily know what to expect. But what an unbelievable, unbelievable place uh, mm. run by an unbelievable guy. And again, uh, just yeah. an absolute privilege to to have visited it and be able to photograph it. Uh, I mean, I, I just loved brownie. I thought it was just fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, just a, a classic, classic spot. And, and um, I mean, you know, look at the records again. And, and what is not a very big room, you know, it's not a huge room. 
and he's just got it packed with records. So, um, you know, so we, we left Brownie and I think what by this point need, James? in the day, what time was it? Well, I know it was dark and I'm thinking it would have to have been about, about seven thirty eight by then. Okay. I'll give you the uh, exact timings roughly. Uh, that can't be right. Uh, let's have a look. 6.02. Yeah, it was about 8 o'clock, I think, by the time we left. So, okay. you know, it had been a pretty long day. And I, yeah. particularly, I had done a lot of driving, obviously. So we're getting, you know, starting to flag at this point. But we, we pushed on to two more places, didn't we? And, you know, we're really lucky that we did because Brownie was so hip. Um, oh, by the way, I forgot. The remember we've talked on a, a, quite a few episodes about um, the the great logos. Sorry, the great slogans that a lot of the bars have. Sometimes yep. on a sign or sometimes on their website. So Brownies on his website is if you listen <laughs> to too much, if you listen to too much Brownie jazz beat, you will drink too much. Um, that's Amen. I mean rather uh hard <laughs> i'm not sure what he means by brownie jazz beat but that's in any case a wonderful wonderful uh play on words there so uh, you know yeah props to nakadomi san but um yeah i think we could have we could have easily just been like okay it was a great day we found some amazing joints let's just grab a bite and and go and recharge but we decided to keep going and i just I'm wouldn't really be that, happy we did because that we, wouldn't we be went, the tokyo jazz joints way would it no no it's the, 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 the only way is when my head has to, if my head is not going down <laughs> on the bar counter yet we're keeping it going so yep. um so we went on to a place that was you know in some ways the complete opposite of brownie um although also wonderful not famous at all no website um you know rather rather drab in its decor but another absolutely gorgeous dude that runs it um his name is akibasan it is an old style kisaten that i think he took over and and added the jazz so it was just a regular old coffee shop the kind that you see hundreds of around every japanese city and um i read actually an interview there, there's not a lot of information about jab uh, anywhere online in Japanese or in English. But I did find one guy who had spoken to him, and it, and it turns out that Akibasan, and he told us this too when we talked to him, he had been a jazz fan since college, and he used to go to all of the famous places around Fukuoka or when he was traveling in other parts of Japan. And it had always been his dream to run his own place. So when he got the opportunity to, to get this space, uh, he took it, even though, as you can see, you know, look at the sign outside. I mean, I, I could imagine that the cafe was just called Jab, and he just added the jazz and coffee to it. You know, I wonder, it it, does that. it stand for jazz and blues, though? That's what I was thinking, because I thought Jab's a weird name, isn't it? And it wouldn't necessarily make you think jazz, but, you know, I wonder if it's jazz and blues. Maybe well, that's where the Jab know, comes they, from. I mean, the, the, the cafes here often have these very random English names that have no meaning at all. Mm. You know, I mean, Cafe Cloud, Cafe boxing Brazil reference, Time, I don't know. you know, like a lot of strange names. So, yeah. Um, but you remember we walked in and he was just so welcoming. And again, you can see from the portrait of him, you know, <laughs> just, Smiley just a, guy. a really, really sweet dude um, with a lot of music, records and CDs. Um and I think there were quite a few. You you wait. We had to wait, right? Because there were people in there. You couldn't get pictures right away. We had to wait till they left. Yeah, there was a couple of regulars in there, definitely by the bar. You can see that bar, the sort of L-shaped bar there. And uh, we were sat on on the side that I'm taking that picture from. But there was definitely at least one guy um, 
just chatting with him at the bar. Um, and uh, for me, this place, again, it's just, it was just so deep, you know, <laughs> like it just had that, it just was, it had this sense of like age and history and just even all the kind of muted colors to it. And then this really mysterious kind of urn thing between the speakers um, uh, and then that picture of, I guess it's Coleman Hawkins, is it on top of the speaker and, and the little no, tel uh, no mobile phone sign. No, that's, that's, uh, that's Lester Young. Oh, Lester Young, yeah. yeah and, it's Lester um, Young without his hat. Um, you know, that it's funny you mentioned the urn and I, I'm just speculating here, but um, I know that, uh, well, we talked about Saga, right? Saga Prefecture and Saga City, which is next to Fukuoka. Saga is famous for its pottery. And okay. that type of pottery came from Korea when Korean migrants came over to water and landed in Kyushu, you know, a thousand years ago or whenever. And they brought a lot of those kinds of skills with them. Um, some people might not know that, but Japan and Korea, uh, despite the history, the turbulent modern history, uh, are a lot closer than many people will acknowledge. So, um, but in any case, that, that pot looks very much like a kimchi pot which they use in Korea uh, yeah. to, to bury the kimchi in. And I'm wondering if that's the sort of thing you might see in Kyushu. Maybe I'm, I'm speculating too far and it's just a random thing he bought to put umbrellas in, but you know. Um, it could be I, that, yeah, that's a good I, point. It could be the umbrella. That seems a weird place to put them. I mean, it's yeah. slightly offset by the, the, the kind of shopping bag that's stuffed down behind it. And also then that fire extinguisher, which, <laughs> you know, sensibly is beside these huge wooden speakers. But I would say, judging by the top of it, it's not seen a lot of use, which is great for the cafe. cafe I, but I, I, I wouldn't would, want to be putting the pin on that, you know, no, 50 I years later. I, I would put money that that doesn't work at all. And um, you can see the, the door there on the right. Again, it, you know, the keshoshitsu, the, the, the bathroom, the toilet. Um, I certainly use that one. And do you see at the bottom that he's got a kind of a door stopper there i think it's just a, right. roll of, a, roll, a roll of a roll of masking tape <laughs> i think this just, is the bathroom that was really yellow it was it was it, it was completely seemed, yellow i took a video of myself in there it was um, like the whole place was yellow room yeah it was like a different building actually it was yeah, yeah very yeah. very odd very that's right odd. you had to go yeah. out there and it was it was another it wasn't part of the cafe it was like <laughs> yes. a shared bathroom right <laughs> yes that's exactly yeah. right yeah it was with, yeah. with the next building yeah but I mean, Jab. I, I thought again. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was wonderful. I was so happy we went there, and uh, and you know the the sign as well up front. Not just the awning, but the the Mimatsu coffee sign. Um, you know that seems to be the pattern we've been getting with the name of the place up top and the coffee sponsor beneath. Often key coffee, but not not just key. You know, there's a lot of other ones as well. So, Jab is a, an absolute gem of a place. Yeah, and a really interesting location, you know, not something is that common in Tokyo, but lots of these little canals and, and rivers running through the city and, and just down beside the water there. Um, and it was a great place to go. Um, I, As we were walking, as we left Jab and we were walking back, I also discovered the uh, incredibly uh, cleverly branded F-U-K coffee, which obviously stands for Fukuoka, but can be read in different ways. And uh, there's probably not many cities except in Japan where you can get away with that kind of branding. So pretty I impressive. Don't, I don't remember um, the F-U-K. <laughs> uh, I'll pop that up on the social media feed as well. But just then, you know, I think we, we stopped off for a bowl of uh, Fukuoka's famous ramen. And then mm, we were in a real we crossroads, weren't we? Because we we had, we had knew about a place called Jazz uh, 
Jazz Cafe Golby, I think, which we decided in the end uh, not to head to. But there was one other place called Riverside, and we we were really, I think, him and in Han about whether we should try and take this place in. And, and at this point of the evening, we were really, really uh, wrecked because it was the end of day four. Yeah, and, and, and we knew intense. that we would be we were going to spend two nights in Fukuoka, so we True. knew we, we'd have the shot. But I think we decided, okay, look, let's just. We're nearby. I think that was what we, we checked after we had the ramen. I think we checked the map and we decided that if it was within even 10 minutes walk, we would go. Yeah. And it was. It, it was. And it, of course, it is on the river. Um, and we went in and they were just wrapping up a gig. And we thought, oh, you know, okay, maybe we should, maybe we should just pack it in and go home then, because we don't want to pay, you know, three thousand yen, three and a half thousand yen or something, wasn't it? Yeah, to get one song in. Um, but we, the owner, I, I think he came to the door, and we kind of said, oh, you know, we just came for a drink, and he's like, okay, okay, come on in, and he let us in. We didn't have to pay for the for the. I would say set. that's your most impressive blagging uh, any of the places <laughs> we've been. You did. I, I remember being down at the bottom of the stairs and sort of like very much probably by that point that mentality of like well if he says no you know like <laughs> earlier in the day you might have been annoyed but it's like oh fine it gives you like an excuse to go home and sleep but actually right. you reappeared from that little staircase and you're like it's okay we're in and so we, we <laughs> headed in and sat by the bar didn't we and what a, what a character this guy was oh yeah i mean he <laughs> there was a lot to talk about uh, mr kogushi uh, Kogushi-san, um, one of these guys, uh, similar to Nakatomi-san at Brownie, seems to know everybody, um, immediately introduced us to the band after they finished playing, um, and then was really intrigued, was so intrigued with our project and story that he he busted out a, a guidebook to jazz joints um, in Kyushu that had been written previously and, and ended right, up yeah. giving us a copy of it as a present. Um, and what we didn't know then, and we'll get into a bit more on our episode in day five, is that um, Kagushi-san is very, very active on social media Who and was thought, eh? so interested and impressed with us that he uh, posted about us pretty much right away. And this ended up causing some very unexpected uh, encounters on the next day, which we will get into. Yep. Uh, but um, Riverside it was a really sweet place. As, as we mentioned, you know, they had live music. He had tons of albums. Look at those pictures up on the wall that he's got of Ornette and Sonny Rollins, all the magazines. Um, he himself, Kogushi-san, had written a lot of things. He had written about New York. He was wearing a New York City t-shirt, as you can see from the photo. Um, it was such a cool... I mean, I ended up having a second beer there, which you can imagine was a bad idea by that point. I think you had a second gin and tonic. And um, so we, we get up to leave. Yeah, he gives us the present. We stumble out. And I remember we thought just like, wow, we, you know, we did it. We went to, you know, we went to seven places today from all the way down in Kumamoto up to Fukuoka. Uh, uh, absolute, uh, absolute monster of a day. But we did it. Unfortunately, yeah. bad news, more breaking news just from today. I was checking some of the details to fact check Riverside and Riverside closed. Uh, no word of what Kogushi-san's doing. I, I did not have uh, the chance to check uh, the old Facebook page yet to see um, whether he is continuing on somewhere else. I don't think he is because I would have seen that from some of the usual Japanese sites. Um, so it looks like he may have retired, which is a bit sad. Yeah, I 
I notice it's not on the site. Um, I might add it, um, but uh, I'll certainly share it on social media. Uh, we we did catch the end of the gig, which I think was was pretty good, if I remember, and and pretty intense in that tiny space. Um, we got chatting to the band afterwards, didn't we? I remember taking a a portrait of the bass player actually, and um, I think that I eventually sent it to him. I remember chatting with him, got his email address and stuff and, and offered to send it to him. So I hope I did, hope I did follow through and do that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was definitely worth getting in. I mean, it's always nice when you blag in somewhere and you're kind of, you realize you've saved like 35 euros um, on the entry. Um, <laughs> so just to catch the end of the gig uh, and that, you know, then they packed up around us kind of thing and we got a chance uh, to chat to the owner. And like you say, um, I think, more recently, we had been chatting about Riverside. You'd mentioned that it had closed and then reopened again, and it's a, it's a shame to hear mm. that it's now closed for good. And um, you know, I think again, like we said it many times, but uh, you know how great that we were able to get there and also just capture it uh, on that evening, including him, of course. Um, you know, with that uh, slightly hat that's ever so slightly too large, possibly, uh, and then that just that mess of of photos and and uh, flyers and ticket stubs and so on on the wall behind him really unique place really unique uh, uh, re, uh, really unique guy and what a cracking way to finish uh, a fairly hectic day and one of like peaks and troughs really because it had been quite a frustrating middle section mm. once we'd left Groovy yeah. Yanagawa yeah. but uh, we definitely finished on a high and that set us up for Probably, if you can believe it, the most intense and the most frantic day of the whole trip, which was day five and our final day uh, on the trail in uh, Sapporo and, uh, or sorry, in Hokkaido and Kyushu. Yeah, I mean, um, day day four, as you said, epic and intense. Day five kicked it up to a level that even we could have been expected with what I would say, honestly, I think includes three places um just on that day alone, three places that are going to be in my top ten joints for all of Japan, and okay. we'll um, and and for a lot of different reasons, uh, a lot of unexpected reasons as well. Um, but uh, yeah, we we we've, we're definitely going to kick the adventure caution up a little bit for day five. This podcast was produced and created by Philip Arneal and James Catchpole of the Tokyo Jazz Joints Project. Thanks to Brian of Grooves Ahead for audio assistance and also to Louis Elastic for our theme music.